Welcome to Grief with Grace, the podcast for mothers who have children in spirit and who are now navigating life after the unimaginable. I'm your hostess, Lori Latimer, and I am one of those mothers. Each week, my guests and I will be sharing with you insights, stories, tools, and inspirations to help you find moments of joy in the everyday. Because even on the darkest days, there is joy if you know how and where to look for it. Welcome to Episode 3 of the Grief with Grace podcast. I didn't mention this in any earlier episodes, but some of the episodes of this podcast will be interviews I have with other people, like Episode 2 with Christine Salter was, and others will be solo episodes with just me. This is one of those solo episodes. And I have to tell you, it's really hard to choose what to talk about in each episode because there's so much I want to share with you. But today I want to talk about something I had never heard of until a few years ago, and that is soul contracts. Understanding this concept can bring so much comfort to moms with children in spirit. And I hope that by the end of this episode, it will bring some comfort to your tender heart and soul as well. Now, if you're like me, you may have been raised in a traditional religion of some sort, going to church or temple each week. For me, it was Catholic church. In high school, I went to other churches with my friends. I went to the Mormon church, the Methodist church, the Presbyterian church. I joined a beautiful non-denominational church in San Diego after my first divorce when my oldest son was, he was two years old at the time. And the people in that church were so kind to us, and I'm forever grateful for everything they did to help us. And they did a lot, because I was a single mother, close to living on food stamps, because I made very little money working as a secretary, and I was getting no assistance from his biological father at all. But I digress. So all churches, all religions have their nuances, but at the heart of all of them is the notion of heaven and hell of some kind. Now, I'm really simplifying here, but that was my foundational belief growing up and into my early adulthood. And so you may have had, and you may still have similar beliefs, and that's fine. One of the basic premises of traditional religious teachings is the whole notion of the soul. Basically, when we die, our soul goes to heaven or hell. Be a good human, your soul will go to heaven. Be a bad human, your soul is damned to hell for all of eternity. Well, there's a third option for Catholics that I should mention. If you're an in-between human, your soul will go to purgatory, that place in between heaven and hell, where basically you get a chance to make it right so that you can then go to heaven. Orthodox Judaism doesn't have the traditional notion of hell, but rather a space similar to the Catholic purgatory called Jehanim. And I'm sorry if I butchered the pronunciation of that, which I probably did. I started on my spiritual path after my last divorce in 2008, and somewhere along the way, I started hearing about this concept of soul contracts. The more I heard, the more I read, the more I studied, the more curious I got. And this whole notion of soul contracts really intrigued me. It expanded my beliefs and ideas about what happens to us after our physical body dies, and the more possibilities I saw for the afterlife and all that it encompasses. The whole notion that I had of heaven and hell up to that point was basically turned on its head with with all of this studying that I did about soul contracts. When I did my Akashic Records training a few years ago, I did a deep dive into soul contracts, and I'll break some of that down in several podcast episodes in the future because it's a really deep and wide topic, but for today, I just want to give you an overview of soul contracts. 
But first, let's back up a few years early on in my spiritual journey, back to around, mm, I would say probably 2010 to 2013 or so. It was before my mom passed away and she passed away in 2014. I believed, and I still believe, that our souls choose our experiences before we're born, before we incarnate into a lifetime. In my hand analysis training back then, I learned that our fingerprints hold so much of this information, the biggest being our life purpose. As I dove deeper into my research and trainings, I realized that our souls choose our parents and the family we're born into before we're born based on various factors, you know, things such as similar vibration rates, experiences we want to have, lessons we want to learn, things like that. And again, this is a very general overview, but hopefully it gets the point across. So our souls choose various lessons that we want to learn and experiences we want to have for our soul's growth and evolution in a particular lifetime. When we've learned what we came here to learn, when we've had the experiences we came here to experience, that's when we leave. That's when our physical body dies. And that's when our soul returns to heaven, the universe, the light, whatever you choose to call it. This choice could be made in the womb. It could be when we're two minutes old or two hours old, when we're 29 or 99 or 109. But that's when our soul is reunited with our loved ones who've left this life before we do. Now, in order for our soul to accomplish all of this, it enters into agreements with other souls in our soul family. And again, this all happens before we're born. And these are our soul contracts. We all agree the roles we'll each play and the experiences we each want to have. So, for example, in previous lives, my son Greg may have been my mother or father because we can be males or females in any lifetime. We can be black, white, Indian, Asian, any race, any creed, any color, any religion, or anything else. But Greg may have been my brother or sister, my husband or wife. But for this lifetime, he and I, our souls agreed that I would be his mother. So our souls, Greg's and mine, entered into an agreement or a soul contract before I was born. Our souls agreed for whatever reason that I would be born first and that he would be born to me as my son. We agreed that he would have a shorter life and leave this physical life before I do. Now, as a human, as his mom, I have to tell you, I often wonder what in the world my soul was thinking to agree to this experience and this level of pain. But from my soul's perspective, I trust that it's all going according to the divine plan, to the soul contract that Greg, his older brother, his father, his nephews, other close family members and friends of ours, and I, all entered into before we incarnated this time around. I remember having a deep knowing the day Greg crossed the veil in January of 2019. I was at my older son's house that afternoon, and I remember saying that the spiritual part of me knows three things. I know Greg is still with me. I know he's all right. And I know that I'll see him again. I don't know where that came from. It just came out of my mouth that day. But I remember it so clearly that even in the immense pain and grief that day, I remember saying that. I also remember saying that the human in me, the mom in me, was shattered. And while the human mom in me still hurts and misses Greg's physical presence, I'm not shattered like I was in those first hours and days and weeks. As hard as it was to contemplate back then, it really does shift and change. 
And if you've been on this journey for any length of time, you know that after those first several months, maybe the first year or a little more, and you know, it's different for everyone. So for some people, it's a little longer than others, but you know what I'm talking about. It does shift and change. For those of you who are brand new on this path, please know that as hard as it is to fathom at this moment, that it really does shift and change. I'm not saying it ever completely goes away. I'm not saying that you will wake up miraculously one day and the pain and the the longing and the missing your child in the physical will be gone. It won't. But the more I connect with Greg, the more I see and acknowledge the signs he sends me, the more I heal. And reminding myself that we agreed to this whole plan brings me a new level of comfort. From this vantage point in my current human experience, I don't know if it was Greg's soul that wanted to experience a shorter life and my soul agreed to be his mom, or if my soul wanted to experience losing a child very suddenly and unexpectedly and his soul agreed to be that child. And honestly, at this moment, I'm not sure if it even matters because whether I know or not isn't going to change the reality of it. What I am doing, what I am changing is the way I live my life, the way I'm choosing to show up, the person I'm choosing to be, the mom and grandma I'm choosing to be for my older son and his son and his children, the woman I'm choosing to be in this world, in my business and in my community. But do I trust that my soul knew what it was doing, what the plan was, and that it's, uh, it's unfolding exactly the way it was intended? Absolutely, I do. Does that make my grief any easier? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. When I get caught up in my ego, in my humanness, when I don't engage in the exquisite self-care routine that I've had for several years, and I get depleted physically, energetically, and emotionally, when the emotions of all of this engulf me, that's when I look up and I ask my soul what in the world it thought it was doing, why it ever agreed to this. Sometimes I do it with rage. Sometimes I do it with tears. Sometimes I do it with utter despair. But however I do it, I'm sure that my soul and Greg's just grin at me because they know. They know that it was all agreed to. In the first months, and I would say the first year after Greg crossed the veil, I remember saying many times that I hoped I learned whatever it was my soul wanted me to learn by having Greg leave this life before me, because I don't want to do this over again in another lifetime. I don't want to go through this pain again. I mean, seriously, who would? Then I had a conversation with Christine Salter right around the one-year anniversary of Greg's passing early in January of 2020, and I made that comment to her. Now, Christine is the wonderful woman that I interviewed in episode two of this podcast, one of my mentors. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, be sure you do. It's full of so much good insight and inspirations. But back to my conversation with her early in 2020, when I made that comment, she reminded me that I've almost certainly had previous lives where I lost a child. As I sat with that days and weeks later, I realized that she's right. We likely all have. I know that my grandparents lost more than one child because back then and in generations before that, it was more common than not for children to die at a very young age due to illness or medical complications that modern medicine has pretty much made obsolete. But many lifetimes ago, people fought for their very survival on basically a daily basis. So Christine is right. 
it's fairly certain that we've all experienced child loss in previous lives. Why we chose to experience it again in this life will likely remain a mystery to us throughout this incarnation. So yes, there are times where I look up and I ask my soul, what were you thinking? I mean, why would I ever agree to all of this again if I've already experienced it before? And I know the pain from a human level. That's when I come back to trust and acceptance. Perhaps my soul wanted to have a different experience after Greg's passing. Perhaps my soul has new growth opportunities from the day he crossed the veil until I rejoin him when I take my last breath in this life. I don't know. From this human perspective I'm at right now, I just don't know. What I do know is that if I stop living and I simply exist from now until I take that last breath, then I'm likely shortchanging my soul of the growth that it wants to experience. And if I do that, then my soul will very likely choose to do this whole thing again because it didn't get the experience it was seeking. So I'm going to squeeze every last ounce of experience that I can out of the rest of my life, whatever that looks like wherever it takes me, whatever it calls me to do, and wherever it leads me for however long I have left in this life, whether it's a day, a week, 10 years, 20 or 30 years. So at this point, how am I choosing to continue growing after Greg's unexpected death? Well, one way is by doing this podcast. I've never done anything like this before, but it kept coming through in my meditations and my journaling toward the end of 2019. So here I am, I'm doing it. Is it perfect? Oh, absolutely not. And that's okay because I'm not perfect. If I waited though until I thought it was perfect, I would never do it. But it doesn't need to be perfect for me to share my message. If I stumble over my words, I'm not going to edit that out because that's real. That's me. If I cry during an episode or part of an episode, I'm not going to edit that out because that's real. That's me. I'm also choosing to shift my business focus to helping other moms who are on this journey by taking all of my trainings and certifications, all the programs I created before, and I'm transforming them into things that'll help other moms heal and live after their greatest loss in this life. So those are just some examples of what I'm doing. And my invitation to you today is to look at where you can choose to grow, what opportunities and experiences your soul might be looking for at this point in your life. It doesn't have to be something huge. It might be bringing awareness to the way your child died, whether it was an illness or an addiction or suicide. It might be by continuing your child's legacy through something they were passionate about or advocated for. It might be by stepping up in your family in a way you never thought you could after such a tremendous loss. Another way I'm doing it is by speaking out about the way Greg left this life. Greg was 29. He worked full-time and he was in college full-time making straight A's. He and his girlfriend planned to get married in 2020. He loved his life. He traveled all over. He had a very full life and he loved to have fun. Unfortunately, what I didn't know until after he died was that he was using recreational drugs. Now, I don't condone that, but again, he was 29 years old and he made his own choices. The night before he died, he bought some cocaine that he didn't know was laced with fentanyl. He and his friends went out for dinner, and they were drinking. When they got home, his roommates went to bed, and Greg stayed up. At some point, he used the cocaine, and the combination of the alcohol and the fentanyl killed him. So I'm speaking out about fentanyl, how it's laced in every street drug there is now, in the hopes that it will keep one person from ending up like Greg, and keep one mom from the pain I'll live with the rest of my life. 
I went to Washington, D.C. in the fall of 2019 to talk to some members of Congress and heads of various departments in the federal government about fentanyl and what's being done to address the issue. So that's another example of something I'm choosing to do by following where my soul's leading me, listening to my intuition, and then taking action on it. So whatever you choose, make it mean something to you and your child's legacy. And you won't be alone. Your child will be right beside you. I know that because I know Greg's right beside me as I step into all the things that I'm doing. Things I never would have imagined doing while he was still in this physical life. There's a saying that everything happens for a reason. And while I don't necessarily believe that on its face, I do believe that we can find a reason for our continuing to be here, to be alive. I heard something several times in that first year about finding purpose in your pain. Find that reason, that purpose, and in doing so, you'll be able to honor your child's life and legacy in ways you never imagined. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Grief with Grace podcast. Be sure to join our Facebook community and follow me on Instagram at at Lori underscore Latimer. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you receive a reminder when new episodes are uploaded. And please leave a rating and review so I can continue to bring you fresh new content each week. If you find this podcast valuable, and I hope you do, please be sure to share it with a mom who could use a little extra support. Until next week, I invite you to find a moment of joy today and every day.